Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli. I'm Lorelai Weissel. I'm Brian Dawes. And I'm Chris Delano. And last week, we left off with the beginning of our adventure in Lava Brink, where our players were trapped in a stone building in the trade district of Lava Brink during a monster attack. And with everything shut down and the building sealed off, someone was murdered. That person who was murdered, as we discovered, was Gordon Truman, who was the leader of the Glassmakers Guild, and apparently, according to the other people in the room, a very influential leader of the Glassmakers Guild. The players, who will introduce themselves in a moment, were accompanied by several Lava Brink citizens, including Blightspine, Calamus Bright, Eckerd Knox, Gertie Frink, and Ormus Tass as well as the guard Captain Rennard, guard Samson, and guard Sabine. After the murdered uh, Gordon was discovered when the lights had gone out, and one of our players, uh, Captain Phonam, had caught him uh, and let his body down very gently, which was very polite of him. I'm nothing if not a caring man. The guards have gone into uh, questioning some of these people in the room. Last we left off, Guard Rinnard had pointed out that there's something on the claws of the bonder, Eckerd Knox, uh, his bonded monster, whose name is Vaporwing, who is a cat elemental. It's one of my favorite genres of music. So if you would like to just quickly introduce the names of your characters. I'll go, f- I'll go first. Uh, hello, my name is Captain Phonom. I am a down-on-my-luck skyship pilot, uh, skyship captain, I should say. Uh, my last ship was destroyed within um, walking distance of Lava Brink, and I have been uh, looking for the right amount of business to be able to get my ship repaired or buy a new one. Uh, I am playing Ruse, who is a, a tall woman, a mysterious traveler, who is in Lava Brink for reasons that are none of any of y'all's business. I'm playing Radagath the Rover, um, and I am an eccentric cartographer explorer who is also a bonder who has a fairy dragon who lives in his afro. Who is currently (laughs) invisible. I really love your character, Ryan. It's so good. Uh, Chris, I do have a question. Uh, this campaign is titled Hot Fuss. Is that a hot fuzz pun? It is a hot fuzz pun and also a uh, hot fuss pun, which was the name of the Killers breakout album. Uh-huh. Uh, I put wow. a lot of thought into it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Anyways, when we left off, uh, Radagast, you were standing directly next to Eckerd Knox, whose uh, companion, his bonded companion, had slipped out of his tunic and was standing on his shoulders when guard Captain Rennard pointed out that the companion has something on its claws. Oh, dun dun dun. So I'm going to look at his companion's claws and then see if they, um, is that blood fresh or is it, uh... Well, you do notice that it is blood. There is some bright red blood on these claws. I will say with your passive investigation, you can tell that these claws are not very big. And unless something happened to this monster uh, during that blackout that would have made its claws larger, you don't think it would have been able to make those cuts on the murder victim. 
So I, I will point this out to Guard Captain Raynard. And, but wait, before I, before I do that, mm-hmm. do I remember feeling... How close were we to this 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 proprietor Gordon Truman when he like when the lights went off and he was murdered? Would I have felt like was do I get the feeling that I could have felt whether this thing had the time to get big and kill this guy and then get small again and feel like any kind of motion in the room? So when the murder happened, there was a lot of noise going on outside. The building was still shaking from this monster attack. It was really unclear. You might have felt something. It was very chaotic. Uh, The only person who was standing particularly close to the murdered victim, Gordon Truman, was Captain Phonam. And he was standing not just behind him, but holding him when he was murdered. So Radagast would not be aware of that. But the guard captain is pointing down at Eckerd right now, who is looking at his monster's claws, and you can see kind of the color drain from Eckerd's face. And he just looks up and goes, I, I, it's not what you think. Then what is it? I will point out the fact that he has very small claws, and that's, those look like very large wounds. And is, I, I could have sworn you said he was wearing some kind of leash. Uh, you do notice that the, the yeah, Vaporwing is wearing a collar and a leash. And Guard Captain Renner just starts pointing his finger accusatorily and goes, I know how monsters work. That monster could have been the size of a house within an instant. Well, that 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 is certainly true. Um, what about that leash? Like, how long does that leash extend? I'll start tugging on it and seeing... As, as you uh, reach over to grab the leash, um, Eckerd sort of winces away from you a little bit, and he's still going, it's not what you think, I, I promise you, it's not. And as he's the, the sort of ramping up of the uh, the chaos in the room at the moment, uh, Rennard points at his guards, and you hear him shouting, arrest that man. And everyone starts sort of like scurrying out of the way as the two other guards start moving in, and then Eckerd just lifts up his shirt very suddenly. And you can see that he has Scratch three... Marks really deep scratch marks in his side and he goes you all scared him Vaporwing is a very skittish monster he's a good friend but he does get scared and it really hurt and you can kind of see the tension in the room just decrease a little bit i saw that coming as everyone sort of realizes that maybe renard was a little too hot on his heels there uh renard kind of looks a little embarrassed and he sort of straightens up and goes, that doesn't necessarily mean that your monster didn't do this. I'm sure every single person in here needs to be investigated. But I'm starting with you. And he just points at Eckerd and he goes, you can come over here and talk to me. And if you insist on coming with him, looking at you, Radagast, you can come with me as well. And he motions to the office room that he just uh, had been clearing out for interrogations earlier and says, just the two of you, though. Uh, Samson... Uh, Sabine, you watch everyone else. Make sure that no one leaves this room. So basically, I'm just going to flick. Uh, I'm going to reach up as if I'm scratching my head, and I'll flick uh, Fiore into the air um, and have her hover. Um, and, you know, just follow me into the room, but not be on my person, basically, in case okay. they, they decide to do thorough searches okay can you give me a stealth roll for fiore sure with advantage from invisibility yes uh, that's a 22 
Uh, yeah, you very, uh, you don't think that Guard Reynard sees anything. Um, he seems a little bit flustered right now. Uh, all of this seems to be taking a larger toll on him than you would expect from one of the distinguished Lava Brink Guard captains. Uh, but he does open the door and sort of motion for you and Eckerd to go in. Eckerd seems a little bit nervous, but he he gives you a look as if he's expecting you to, you know, back him up just in case. Uh, and the guard captain sort of lets you both in the room. And as soon as you're both in and Fiore has slipped in undetected, assumingly, uh, he's going to close the door behind you, leaving Ruse and Captain Phonom uh, alone in the room with guards Samson, Sabine, and the other uh, trapped citizens of Lava Brink. Um, before I cut to the scene with Radagast and Eckerd and guard Captain Rinnard, uh what are Phonom and Ruse doing during all of this? I'm going to be looking around for a murder weapon. Uh, and if there's if I can't find this murder weapon, uh, I'm gonna start suspecting that there might be something in here with us, uh, <laughs> and I'm gonna start looking for something like that. But we can we can do all that in a minute. All right. Ruse is gonna be flirting with Blightspine. What what else would she be doing? So uh, Blightspine seems a little nervous, like everyone else in the room. There seem you know there's a Someone in this room is a murderer, presumably, and they're not getting out of the room. Uh, she sort of let off a little bit of tension with you earlier, but she does look at you and in a very hushed voice go, I don't know what's going to go on in here. I'm kind of scared. I'm sure they're going to pin it on me. I'm. Rinnard really doesn't like people like me. Pretty people? <laughs> she, uh, she cracks a little bit of a smile and she goes, no, people who... He doesn't like hunters. He thinks that they're dangerous. And I haven't been a hunter in years, but you know how people are. But isn't the point of hunting being dangerous? I'm confused. Yeah, but my crew was a little bit... We, we were known for being really effective and also being a little bit uh, loose with our interpretation of monster, if that makes sense. It's starting to sound like this uh, guard captain Ray whatever... Just doesn't like you because you're good at what you do. Can't handle the talent. Wishes he could be as deadly and threatening. I appreciate your thoughts, but I, I gave up that life a long time ago. It's been several years since I last hunted anything. Okay, but like you didn't murder this guy, right? I I did not murder Gordon Truman, if that's what you're asking. Um, and she, she kind of smiles a little bit. She goes, but I could have if I wanted to. And she flashes you. Uh, <laughs> so she's wearing this like scale armor and there's all these like empty weapon holsters on it. Uh-huh. And she just sort of like twists a little bit and shows you that underneath one of the scales on her armor is a small dagger. Mm-hmm. And she just sort of smiles and gives you a wink. Um, Phonom, uh, give me an investigation check. Alrighty. I should probably go ahead and pull out my dice then. Huh? Yes. We are playing Dungeons and Dragons, so... Yeah. Dungeons and or dragons. Let's do it. Nope, just and dragons. Alright. I choose or. So 12. Investigation is plus 3, so 15. With a 15, I will say that you're looking around for a murder weapon, and you don't see anyone other than the guards uh, and one other person 
with weapons. That other person is Calamus Bright, the uh, surly older man who seems to really hate bonders. Um, but his weapon kind of looks like it might be more ceremonial. It's still in its sheath. Um, you don't see anything about him that looks like he could even have done it with your investigation. But he is the only other person in the room who seems to be carrying a weapon. With your investigation, you also notice that one other person in the room, because you're looking sort of around the ground area, has blood on one of his shoes. And that is the man who you know as Ormus Tass, the second in line to the Glassmakers Guild. You don't remember necessarily with that 15 check if he was standing particularly close to you when everything happened, but you do see that he has blood on one of his boots. Hmm. And we are going to cut to uh, Radagast. You are in a room alone with Guard Captain Rennard and Eckerd. And the Guard Captain sort of points, and there's there's a desk in the room. There's only two chairs, and he sits in one of them. And he motions for uh, Eckerd to come forward and sit. And he kind of is shooting you this glance. And he's like, I guess I can interrogate both of you at the same time. I try and keep one at a time, you know, in case people are trying to corroborate stories. But I don't think you're uh, you're here that often. He's looking at you, Radagast. No, I think I've no. seen you around before, but I don't know if you know these people that well. These Bonder activists. Not not particularly, but you know. Uh, Eckerd sort of looks around and goes, Yeah, I mean, you can call me an activist all you want, but I really just think that we should be advocating for people to be able to live their lives. You know, fully and in the open. Not with these stupid leashes. Renard sort of leans back and he goes... Why would you kill Gordon Truman then? And Ecker goes, I didn't. And he goes, Why did you kill Gordon Truman then? And Ecker <laughs> goes, I don't. I, I'm expert technique. <laughs> he looks really flustered. He's like, I wouldn't kill Gordon. I mean, we had our disagreements. And then Renard sort of looks up at you and he goes, What about you? How did you feel about Gordon Freeman? Gordon, <clears throat> excuse me. That's a Half Life name. <laughs> Half Life 3 confirmed? Yes. Uh, yes! <laughs> Captain Renard looks up at uh, at you, Radagast, and goes, How did you feel about Gordon Truman? Nice enough fellow. A few times I'm in the city, he let, he, he tended to sh- send business my way. I, I, I like setting up in front of his shop. It was pretty handy. Pretty nice guy. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about his position on Bonders? I, I say let Bonders live their life. I have no issues with them as long as... It, hey, if if they're humans or are, are nice people, that means that's less chance that they're going to be their monsters are attacking me, right? So, I have no issues with bonders. Bonders are unpredictable. Their monsters are unpredictable. You never know when one of them's going to transform, change, grow an extra pair of claws. Humans are unpredictable. I don't know about that. I do. I've been a guard in this city for 20 years now. I've seen pretty much everything a human can do. And I feel like a human could have killed Gordon Truman in there. But I think it's more likely one of these monsters did it. He shoots a, a glare at Vapor Wing. Anyways, I know Gordon believed in bonders living with humans and, and monsters and harmony and allowing everyone in this city. I don't know why you would kill him. But I'm sure that monster had a hand in it. Or I guess a claw. We're, we're talking about a monster who got so scared he scratched his only friend so deeply it's leaving, like, bloodstains on his clothing. Look at it! And I gesture to wherever the blood is showing on this guy's clothing. 
Eckerd just sort of lifts up his shirt again, his like rough, like rough, you know, tunic. He lifts it up and shows the cut marks. And he's like, Vaporwing wouldn't hurt anyone. I don't know why I even have to carry him on a leash like this. It's so unfair. And then Guard Reynolds goes, that's the accommodation that Gordon Truman fought for. But it wasn't enough for you. It wasn't enough for people like you. Hey, I mean, let, let's let's be real here. People want like change as much as they like being murdered. They don't like it at all. So he probably had he probably took what he could get. So let's not. Eh, I don't think this is all about people wanting excess, except for maybe that that guy who wanted to move up in the ranks. I don't know. Or maybe the other guild leaders wanted more power. Who knows? Look, we're we're in here and we're talking to Eckert, okay? Those other people outside, I'll have a chance to talk to each of them. But I'm looking right now at a person who I know for a fact didn't appreciate everything that Gordon Truman gave to him. And Eckert sort of glares at, at Captain Renner and goes, I don't need to appreciate some handouts with leashes and registrations. I should be allowed in the city with aqua with vapor wing just like everyone else. So so Captain, I have a question for you. How long have you been on your job? He sort of gives you this very questioning glance. He goes, excuse me? I've been a guard in Lava Brink for 25 years. Do you feel like you've been properly compensated that entire time? I volunteer. I give my time, and the city gives to me what I need. I don't know what you mean by compensation. Are you trying to bribe me? No, I'm just <laughs> trying to... <laughs> I was completely unaware this was a volunteer situation, so I was going down this whole road of everyone wants a little bit more, you know. Well, the the guards in Lava Brink are a volunteer force. They volunteer their time and their uh, strength and their numbers, and in response, the city gives them what they need. So he he looks a little confused, but he's used to outsiders not understanding that concept. Um, it's kind of foreign to people, especially if they come from some of the other cities. The idea that people would just, you know, defend the city out of the goodness of their heart. Yeah. Yep. True. Yep. Definitely the case. So I'm doing the whole meme where, like, my hand's up in the air and like, oh, and I put my hand down. Well, there goes that argument. But you get what I'm saying, right? Like, as much as we... As much as people in general may have it good we always want a little bit more right you can understand why this bonder might feel like you know he, he this mr truman was get got him the ability to at least bring his his friend into the city you can understand why he might want to have his friend have free range of the place like it's not unreasonable to want a little bit better for your friends. At this, Eckerd speaks up and he goes, Gordon didn't get me anything. Gordon's been in the way this whole time. All I want to do is make sure that the people here in this city have the opportunity to choose that they allow bonders in here with their companions without it having to be on a leash or registered or locked in a cage or left outside. And Gordon's up there convincing all of the guild leaders and all of the people in the city that it's better to have them on chains and have them accommodated in special hotels and taverns. And I'm just like, you're standing in the way, old man. And he's like, you can tell he's like visibly getting angry and Vaporwing is sort of like the, he's not really a cat. 
He's got scales and spines, but if you can imagine a cat's tail kind of poofing up and like when its uh its hackles are up, you can see Vaporwing is kind of doing the same thing with its scales and spines. And you can you can audibly hear the eyes in Radagath's head roll so far back into his head in annoyance <laughs> that it, it's it's causing like it's what you get for trying to help this kid. Yeah, and Radagast is like, you know what? Like he doesn't say anything. He just he just backs away and let this guy talk himself. And he just crosses his arms and leans against the closest wall while this guy hangs himself. Renard is sort of leaned back a little bit. He's got kind of a smile on his face as if he's finally got Eckerd to admit to murder. But Eckerd has not admitted to murder quite yet. And Renard starts pushing him a little bit more. And he goes, so you wanted Truman to die just like everyone else, huh? You wanted him out of the picture so that you could be the leader of this bonder freedom movement. Is that what you wanted? And Eckerd kind of like collapses a little bit, realizing he's caught himself in a trap. And he goes, I wouldn't have killed him. I couldn't have killed him. Vaporwing couldn't have killed him. I'm not a violent person, Renard. And neither is Vaporwing. And Renard just sort of smiling goes, we'll see about that. I've got more people to talk to. Why don't you uh, go outside and relax a little bit? Any motions to the door? Yeah, well, I start scratching my head again and uh, think about... Uh, Fiore landing on my head and wait for it to happen and then just walk out once I feel her up there. Uh, you open the door and you step out and uh, Eckerd very slowly steps up and starts walking towards the door and Rennard calls out, Hey, uh, Samson, keep an eye on the bonder. And uh, if you could, uh, I don't know, send Gertie in here. I need to ask her some questions. And you see the, uh, the older woman sort of outside perk up and she goes, Oh, me? You have questions for me? And she just starts laughing, that laugh she's been doing this whole time. She goes, oh, of course, I'll come and answer your questions, Rennard. And she walks through the door, and the door closes behind her, and y'all are left out there, uh, standing all together. Yeah, insight check. On... <laughs> on on Gertie, uh, to see whether or not that sounded suspicious. I just want to get a sense of whether or not that I, I really think they um, they they might be conspiring together. <clears throat> uh, one. <laughs> you have no clue. Gertie is just a mystery to you. You don't know. You feel kind of weird about her, but everyone here feels a little weird. Let's be honest. Uh, her interactions have seemed a little unnerving. All the laughing is not helping. Um, so you you can't really discern if that seemed like maybe she was in on something or if she genuinely is shocked that someone would question her. All right. Keep yep. your secrets. <laughs> question, Chris. <laughs> yes. Uh, so with bonding, is it like in the novel where I could like see the, the, the things that my 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 pet is or my my bonded creature sees or hears yes you can see through the eyes of your companion but you will run the risk of someone noticing that you're sort of entering into a trance-like state because you're not just going to be able to uh go about acting normal while looking through another creature's eyes yeah um and were there chairs in this 
in this uh or in the outer area where we were before so where you are standing now is a sort of con like combination uh glass blowing factory of sorts um or workshop and a merchant sort of area where there's some goods on display and a countertop where you may make a transaction uh there are plenty of chairs and stools around where people would be sitting while working um so yeah you could sit down somewhere if you wanted to all right so basically what i want to do is i want to have um fiore stay in the room the interrogation room and I want to go to one of those chairs and then pretend like I'm about to fall asleep. And then just trance, like, look through her eyes and ears while I'm leaning back in a chair with my eyes closed. As if I'm waiting for mm-hmm. this whole thing to end. Uh, give me a stealth check to get your... Because I believe you said your companion was going to go out with you. So well, give that, me another... that was one of the that that was the thing where I wasn't a hundred percent certain I had this idea while you were talking. So I would I would have wanted to do this before I left the room. I would have just left her in the room. Okay. Um. Yes. Yeah, so she is in the room, uh, in the interrogation room. Um. And I'm assuming you are going to sit down and and look through her eyes. Um. I will get to that in a moment. Sure. Uh. What are what ruse? What are you doing now that you have your uh? your very uh, interesting former hunter Blightspine there with you. So so I just kind of lean over and say, well, you think that's a fancy dagger? And I and I reach uh, into my hip and pull out uh, two two daggers. They are uh, carved ivory, uh, each each a single piece carved from a whale tooth uh, with the kind of scrimshawed handles. Uh, when when they sit next together, the the hilts kind of kind of twist together a little bit and they're they're two two mermaids smooching uh <laughs> you think that's a nice dagger take a look at this set i got on a couple uh <clears throat> trips ago uh she she looks at them and she reaches out a tentative hand and sort of strokes the ivory and she goes my god these are beautiful where did you get these it had to have been one of the craftsmen in, in sky sail no one in lava brink makes something this delicate she looks up at you she goes did you kill Gordon Truman? I don't I don't run with assassins anymore. I can't do that anymore. I don't even know who this Gordon Freeman guy is. She gives you sort of a questioning look and she goes, Where did you say you're from? Not here. I you know, I'm I'm from from out in Acoria, a little place by the sea. Probably don't know it. She sort of narrows her eyes at you. She goes, Look, I you're nice, and I, I will admit you're you're kind of cute, but like I can't. If you killed this man, I really cannot get involved with you. The, there's too much heat on me right now. There's always just too much heat on me in the city. Yeah, it's next to a lava lake. She laughs a little bit. She goes, "Not like that kind of heat." Look, I'm. I don't trust anyone in here. I really don't think that. I don't think someone like you could have done this. Oh, sweetie, I don't trust anyone either, including the girl that just showed me the hidden dagger. <laughs> she uh, she laughs a little bit. She goes, look, I'm, I don't think that, uh, that that Bonders monster did it. I think it was him. She, she sort of nods her head over at uh, Calamus. She goes, that man hated Gordon Truman. He hated him so much because Gordon, Gordon thought that Bonders were okay. And I mean... 
look, I made a living off of killing monsters for a long time. But I mean, I think Bonders are probably fine in the city as long as they've got their, their leashes on. And Calamus over there, he thinks that Bonders should just be executed. I just, I could have seen him doing it, you know? How could you have seen him doing it? It was dark. <laughs> she sighs and kind of rolls her eyes a little bit. Uh, phonam or phonom? Excuse me. Sorry. Ph- phonom. Get it. Get it right. It's a. It's a family name. Phonom. I'm gonna mispronounce that name so much. Phonom. <laughs> uh, what are you doing while this is? Uh, things are a little bit quieter in this room. Ah, well, these two aren't getting anywhere, really. So, uh, I will, um, so the, the guy, which guy was it that had the bloody toes? Was that, uh, hold on. Ormus Tass. That was the- Ormus Tass. Yes. The other glassmaker in the room. I am going, uh, to walk over to him, um, and is he sitting down or is he standing? He is uh, leaned up against one of the um, the glass-making apparatuses. One of the... Again, I, I really should have done a lot more research on glass-making, because the only term I know is glory hole. Um, <laughs> and that's not really an appropriate term. Uh, but he's leaning up against one of those kilns, one of the glass ovens, um, which is, they're all current, currently dormant. Uh, and he seems to just sort of be, you know looking around like everyone else, sort of keeping his eyes on everyone in the room. Uh, right. He will look over at you as you approach. I'm going to walk up and uh, gently place a hand on his shoulder. Um, and I'm going to say, uh, how are you holding up? You must have been very close with uh, Mr. Truman. And as I'm saying all that, I'm going to cast Charm Person on him. And he has to make a, a, a wisdom save of 11. Uh, he does save. Ah, that's all right. The the it, the spell sort of radiates off of you as if this is some sort of like innate, you know, charming capability that you have. Uh, but he seems, you know, mostly unaffected by it. Um, and he sort of just shrugs, you know, kind of shrugs your hand off his shoulder a little bit, but not in like a, you know, angry Probably way. He just. Yeah, he just doesn't want you touching him. It's cool. He's a random person I just touched. If he wants to shrug my hand off, I'm cool. Uh, and he just looks around and he goes, I wasn't that close to Mr. Truman. He was, uh, he's been a glassmaker in this city for a long time. Well, I guess he was a glassmaker in this city for a really long time. And we worked together a little bit, but he always, uh, he has this. And he sort of motions around to the room. He goes, he's got his own apprentices. He's got, you know, on any given day, there's a dozen people in here working. I usually work by myself. I've got to shop a little bit down the way. Gotcha. I see. Well, you had to have been close to him, right? Uh, I mean, not really. I um, I knew him. I worked with him. Oh we no, 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 no! I meant, I, I meant, I meant physically. How else would you have gotten his blood on your shoe? Uh, Ormus sort of his eyes go wide and he looks down at his foot and he goes, "Oh my God!" I, I mean, yeah, I was standing pretty close. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. And he just, he looks a little bit ashen. He's looking down at his foot like it's maybe like a monster, you know, trying to bite him. He's just like, I, God, that's disturbing. Yeah, I bet the, uh, the watch captain over there will find it disturbing too. If we tell him. 
look, if you'll just, if you can cover for me, I'll wipe it off. I, Rinnard and, and Gordon, they went way back. Uh, they were friends before I even came to Lava Brink. Rinnard's going to try and pin this on somebody. He wants to make sure justice is served for his friend. I'm sure of that. And if he sees something like this, he'll he'll definitely try and pin it. He looks like he's maybe about to throw up a little bit. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm going to roll for, for insight to see if I believe him. That he's being... Uh, honest. And that is a 13. Ooh. Uh, he, he uh, seems to be honest, as far as you can tell. Um, <laughs> he definitely seems distraught at the fact that he has what appears to be a person's blood on his shoes. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's, uh, he looks and he's like, if you'll just, if you'll make sure no one notices... I'll grab one of these rags over here and I'll just wipe it off and no one has to know. I mean, I was standing pretty close. I'm sure something splashed on me. Were you standing close? Where were you standing exactly when he died, when the lights went out? I mean, it was dark in here. I was right over there and he points to a a spot right bay where the dead body is still laying on the ground. He goes, I was like right there. You walked right past me. Did I? Actually, did I? (laughs) Do I remember moving past him? History check. I'll roll a history <laughs> very check. brief history check. Um, <laughs> I will say, ro- roll me an intelligence. All right. Well, let me roll history because it's my best skill, actually. <laughs> Eighteen. So I'm going to say this is not a traditional use of the history skill, <laughs> but I will allow it. Uh, you do remember him being pretty close when the lights went out, like pretty close. He was one of the closest people up there on that platform. Okay. Well, what I'm what I'm going to say to him is like, look, I am uh, I'm on hard times here, and if I'm a friend to you, will you be a friend to me here? Are you trying to bribe me? Bribe you? No, 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 no! Don't be silly. This is extortion. <laughs> <laughs> He looks at he looks at you with like these this death glare, and he goes, "Look, you know, I don't have that kind of money. I don't even know what you're asking of me. I'm how about this? You come back to me in a week after this is all blown over. I'll be the master of the glassmakers guild at that point, and I'll uh I'll make sure you get what you need to get set up. You know, I could make sure that all the glasswares in the city have a very very delicate uh, shipping contract next week when I come to visit. That's something Gordon would have never approved. Well, I don't think Gordon's going to be arguing with it, do you? No, I don't think he is anymore. I mean, casts a glance over at the dead body and he goes, we'll talk, but uh, if you'll cover for me real quick, I need to um, get this cleaned up. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, If you will give me a... uh, you know, I'm going to say this is wow. a performance check <laughs> to uh, distract from Ormus, who's about to grab a rag and clean off his boot. To distract? Uh, sure. Yeah, you just got to stand in the right way. It's, it's not going to be super difficult. You know how to do this, but... Twelve. Yeah, you seem to block the view of most of the people in the room uh, while you see uh, Ormus reach over and grab a rag off of uh, some of the tools over there. And he just reaches down and wipes off his boot. Um, roll me perception. 
15. Yeah, he just uh, he just reaches down with his uh, rag and wipes off his boot. Uh, and he, you know, puts the rag over uh, so that the bloody side is, you know, not showing. And he gives you a nod and he goes, you're uh, what's your name again? Oh, Phonom. Captain Phonom. Once this is all done, uh, Captain Phonom, uh, we'll be uh, I'll be in touch with you. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Uh, I am going to did he drop the rag once he wiped it off? Yeah, he put it back where it was. He's just sitting on a pile of tools, but with a bloody side down. All right. I am going to kind of sidle up and uh, um, take the bloody rag. Ooh. Um, he watches you reach for it. Uh, can I do a sleight of hand check? You can do a sleight of hand, yeah. Twelve. Wow, Jay. All right. Let me... Uh... <laughs> I was hoping it'd be really high. Um well, he uh, he does not notice uh, what you're doing <laughs> until it's too late and you have the rag in your hands. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, Radagast, you were looking in on this this interrogation going on in that room, um, and you you can see what's happening and you can kind of hear it, but it's coming through this sort of like weird, you know, bonder connection that you have with your companion, uh, and you can um. You can hear the conversation just a little bit and it's going in and out and Gertie is just sort of laughing and smiling and Rennard just looks stone-faced absolutely like he is just not having this and he just keeps asking her, how did you kill him? And she's just laughing. She goes, me? I couldn't kill that man if I wanted to. I mean, I wanted to, but I couldn't kill him. Look at me. Do you think I carry weapons that could do something like that? And then the captain goes, how did you kill him? She goes, I did not kill him, first of all. Someone out there did. I'm sure it was, uh, what's his name? That, God, that Calamus man. He's such a jerk. He comes to all of our meetings, and all he does is interrupt every time Gordon would try and bring up the Bonder issue. And Captain Rogers hold up his hand, and he goes, How did you kill him? She goes, I didn't kill him. I don't know why you keep asking that. And she's just laughing. She's like, this is ridiculous. You should go out there and arrest Calamus. I'm sure he did it. He's always there at our meetings. And then Renner just holds up and he goes, I need you to stop. I need you just to answer my question. How did you kill Mr. Truman? And she just goes very serious. And she looks at me. And she goes, look, Renard, I did not kill that man. I would never kill another person. Insight. Fifteen. You can tell that even if she was trying to uh, be deceptive, you could say that she would be doing it very terribly. Like, so bad. Like, a critical failure of deception. J-levels. Uh, <laughs> and you can tell that she's being totally honest. That she she just... She couldn't kill him. And she believes wholeheartedly that Calamus killed him. At that moment, uh, Renard is sort of looking at her and goes, Look, Gertie, I understand. Now that he's out of your way, you can take leadership of the guilds. You can be the one with the chain link guild and running the show here in Lava Brink. I don't approve of this. I don't agree with this. But I'm just a guard. I'm not here to get involved in your pretty petty trade squabbles. I need to know, why did you do it? How did you do it? She's just glaring. She goes, I didn't do it, Renard. I would never 
do it, Rennard. Now, if you'll excuse me, I will be leaving if all you're going to do is launch accusations at me. And she stands up very dramatically, and she throws a scarf around her neck that she was wearing. She just walks the door and slams it open. And everyone looks as the door flies open, and she walks out. And she walks straight to the front door of the shop, and she's stopped by the giant stone wall that's still in the way. How long has it been since um, I cast Invisibility? Oh, it's maybe been five or ten minutes. Cool. All right. Yeah, it's not been that long. Um, it was pretty quick. Uh, <laughs> so she walks out, and then Rennard walks to the door, and he looks around, and he goes, Calamus, I need to talk to you. Calamus stands up, and he looks around, and he goes, Oh, I bet you she told you I did it. I bet you they've all told you I did it, especially that filthy bonder over there. He's looking around the room, and he goes, There's three people in this room I've never seen in this city before. And you wouldn't try and blame one of them for it. I've been a guard of Lava Brink. I've been a dutiful citizen. And Renner just sort of rolls his eyes. And you can see Sabine and Samson just start, like, mouthing along to what he's saying. As he goes, I have served Lava Brink for 15 years. And then you guards decided I wasn't welcome anymore once you started letting those bonders in here. But I'll tell you one thing. Now that Gordon Truman is gone... I'm going to make sure that no one lets these monsters in here, because clearly being a friend of monsters just gets you killed. <laughs> I, I I turn to Blightspine and hand her one of my daggers and say, can you hold this for a quick second, sweetie? Uh, I take the other dagger, lift it up, point it at Calamus from across the room and say, hey, she told me you did it. You're the killer. So how do you do it? Why do you do it? You monster. You're the real monster. He looks at you and goes, who do you think you are accusing me of having killed Gordon? Oh, the name's Ruse. Ruse? I have not seen you in this city before. Well, I've not seen you in this city before either. Hmm? Hmm? He looks a little confused and insulting. He goes, wait a minute. What are you, are you accusing me of murder and you don't even live here? Oh, no, I'm just passing through. You don't know what this city's been through. There's a monster outside trying to kill us all, and you're in here accusing me of murder. Oh, then fine, it was her. And I point over to Sabine, the guard. <laughs> Sabine just sort of looks around and she goes, What? What What did I do? I, oh, you, you murdered I, the guy. I wouldn't kill Mr. Truman. Mr. Truman was such a nice man. What? I, and she's just, like, very confused. And then Samson kind of looks over and he goes, Sabine, why would someone accuse you of murder? And she's just like, I, I don't know what's going on. I'm just absolutely shocked. I, I, what? And then Renard is sort of looking between Sabine and Samson, and then you, Ruse, and then back to Calamus, and he goes, you all need to stop right now. Calamus, come in here and speak to me. And uh, uh, I, I want to do a deception check and uh-huh. say that I saw Sabine do the murder. Roll me deception. Uh, that is gonna be... So that's a 15. I got a 21 on my inside check. Uh, so with your 21, Radagast, you can tell that, um, Sabine is being honest. That she would... She seems very sincere. Um, but with your deception, Ruse, uh, everyone is sort of looking at you. And most importantly, Rinnard looks over at Sabine and he goes... Sabine, let me see your weapon. I need to make sure that it's uh, 
there's no blood on that. And Sabine just looks very offended. She goes, Captain Rennard, you know I wouldn't do that. Mr. Truman was my friend. Rennard goes, yeah, he was a friend to everyone in here too, I'm sure. And they all wanted him dead. Just, uh, just let me see it. And she uh, reaches over and she pulls out her sword very slowly. She looks a little shaky as she does. You can hear the, the clang of the metal as it sort of shakes in her scabbard. And she starts pulling it out. Uh, I think that's where we're going to end today. What? Wow. <laughs> wow. She, ju- she just pulls it out in the middle, in, in a room <laughs> she, full of people. She whips it right out, for sure. Yeah, she's, yeah. That's, uh, she, uh, she wants to show off her monster, as we discussed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow. Okay. Um, but we'll pick up, uh, next week and figure out what's going on with, uh, Sabine. And we'll also be concluding this murder mystery adventure next week. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> somehow. <laughs> I have no idea who did it currently. Do any of you have any suspects? I I have not figured out how I'm going to figure out who did it. But we still have one more session. I know who did it. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> I think it's the guy you helped. I, uh, um, I don't know about that. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. All, all I know is we are some of the worst detectives I have ever seen. I think Radagast is doing a great job being a detective. Phonom is doing a great job being a con artist. And Ruse <laughs> is doing a fantastic job as a flirting, uh, flirtatious person. And that's about it. You could have just said slut. <laughs> oh. All right. Um <laughs> Jay, is this time for final thoughts? Are we doing final thoughts today? Oh, God. I feel like that was enough of a final thought. Uh, (laughs) So, my final thought is Ghosts of Tsushima looks amazing. And I was a huge fan of Infamous, so I'm very excited to play a a classic samurai film in video game form. That's that's it. That's all I got. My only final thought is uh, I'm I'm starting to get in my Godzilla series cards that I ordered. Uh, from Ikoria, and they are just gorgeous, and I love this promotion so much. These these are some of the nicest promos I have ever seen Wizards do, and I'm I'm very happy about it. My final thought is that uh, I'm I, I've built two EH decks uh, on top of buying the five that I from the the new set. I'm just like. Dang it, wizard! Stop trying to make stop, stop trying to take all of my money. Oh, I, I I have spent more money on magic in the last like month than I have like I think the last two years combined. Oh no, that it's I, it's automatic. It's confirmed. I've done that this this month. The last thirty days, I've spent more money on magic than I, in like actual cash than I have the last two years. Because like before this year, I had been pretty good about selling cards and like earning enough credit at my LGS to not have to spend actual cash, but I've spent more physical cash on magic this in this in the past three days than I have the last two or three years. All right, <laughs> that time, we're actually going to double the length of this episode and become a finance podcast and talk about how the lack of in-store play is affecting players' abilities to purchase the cards that they need to play magic or, or want or to collect without store credit. I uh, I feel like we should just definitely not pivot to magic finance right now because that market is a little bit rough. What I will say is uh, uh, I get a, I get a, I get a fair amount of store credit from Cool Stuff Inc. and 
ever since I started writing for them, I haven't spent a ton of like cash except to buy like a a bundle on a whim. And this time I have spent <laughs> quite a bit of cash on Aquaria beyond my store credit, which I already had quite a bit. Well, my final thought, sort of keeping in line with that, is that I am looking right now at the five commander decks from Akoria and the pile of cards I have from Akoria and how much I want to tinker with and build decks and play Paper Magic and how much it sucks that I can't do that right now. Um, if anyone has recommendations for a webcam that I can buy, please send them my way because it's just so hard to like buy one when you don't know what you're looking for and all i want to do is set up a webcam so i can play paper magic with people i just want to do it i want to be able to play my decks chris i i, I can give you a recommendation I'll, I'll give it to you after the cast but mm-hmm. it's you're not going to be able to get the one that i recommend because they're all sold out everywhere because people went on buying sprees and are now price gouging for them now because Ugh. everyone either webcam right now i'll make it work i'll figure it out but I want to I want to play Paper Magic again <laughs> so bad. I'm going to boot up Arena as soon as we're done recording, I think. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's my final thought, is how much I want to play Paper Magic. If you listeners out there also want to play Magic and hang out with people who want to play Magic and are maybe looking for webcam games or Arena games or, I guess, Magic Online, uh, you know, you can head over to patreon.com slash cast and support our show today because everyone who supports our show gets access to our Discord community where we have Vorthoses from around the world surviving this apocalypse and talking about magic together and hanging out and playing magic. And it's a lot of fun. And we've got a bunch of wonderful folks. And, and I, I love our little community so much. And uh, we would we would love to have more people here during these dire times. And uh, for for folks who support us on higher Patreon tiers, we have a monthly podcast episode, uh, kind of a little mini episode called Pull from the Deep, which features all kinds of weird or personal topics, stuff that we wouldn't talk about in a normal podcast episode, just like little bonus features so that you get to know us or like weird history parts of magic better. And then at our highest tier, we have live listeners. So... We record our podcast Thursday nights, uh, 7 to 7.30 Eastern Time. So if that's a time that you are available and you would like to listen to us record the podcast live, you know, which gets you not only the episode a couple days early, but there's chit-chat before and after the episode, and uh, is a lot of fun. And um, That is a thing that you can sign up uh, and, and get done as well. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast.